Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is brought to you by DeMarini. Are you ready to join the uprising? More than 150 programs around the nation have, including back-to-back Division I and II national champions, Oregon State and Tampa, and Division III national champion Keene. Log on to demarini.com backslash dnation and check out the Voodoo Minus 3 to see why the SC3 alloy is the most powerful and durable performance alloy on the market. It gives you the pop you need to get along because chicks don't dig the ground ball. The Uprising, coming to a ballpark near you. Welcome once again, everyone, to the Baseball America podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. It's the funnest podcast on your iTunes dial. It's the Baseball America college podcast. As you already heard me say before, brought to you by Dean Marini. Good grief, we love this podcast, Aaron. I love the college podcast. It's even more fun than uh, the college poll meeting. Actually, pretty much anything is more fun than the college poll meeting, Aaron. Uh, especially this week's poll meeting. It's a contentious one. And the bottom line is, Aaron, uh, as we are you know, 10 weeks into the college baseball season, uh, one team has certainly emerged the top team in the University of Miami. And everything else after that can be debated, if you ask me. I but we, Except we, for North Carolina, I think, is the clear number two. I think North Carolina, well, I mean, they're still only two and one against the top 25. But, 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 I mean, they also have a series win against NC State, which was unranked. No, they only played. split that. They only split that. Oh, it's a tie. You're right. They haven't lost a series, though, and that's, you know, the, the one, two, and three teams in the latest Baseball America top 25, the one thing you can say for Miami, North Cackalack, and Stanford, None of those teams has lost a weekend series. And no matter what else you're talking about in college baseball, the compacted schedule, this, that, the weather, whatever, no matter how you slice it, college baseball is set up to measure teams with their weekend series. And neither of those three, none of those three teams has lost a weekend series, Aaron. And that's, to me, the number one reason why those three teams are 1, 2, 3 in our rankings. And, John, give Stanford credit because the last two weeks, I believe they're 4-0 in midweek games, and that includes... I mean, quality West Coast Conference teams like Santa Clara, they've beaten twice. St. Mary's in there. I mean, up and coming program, St. Mary's, coached by Jed Soto. Exactly. A top, a top recruiting class coming in next year. Watch for St. Mary's. You heard it here first on the Baseball America podcast. You had to sneak that one in. I did. Uh, uh, but but Stanford is not just doing it on weekends. They're, I mean, and, and you know, I'll tell you, even though they lost that, that finale against Southern Cal, this is such a. Uh, a dangerous Stanford team because they're they're really uh, they they just don't they don't roll over. I mean they, they were down I think ten to six in the ninth inning in that game and they almost came back and, and tied it up. They they had the uh, the the tying run on third base when uh, when the game ended. So the uh, best little twenty five and thirteen team you ever did see. It's it's kind of weird to see Stanford up at three right now with, with uh, you know especially it's not a gaudy overall record, um, but. Uh, I mean, again, every, I think every week when we look at their schedule and we look at all the quality teams that they've beaten, we say, wow. 
And the main thing is that for me is that Stanford's doing this with a different cast of characters every week. They don't get a complete game this week from Eric Davis. You just get a great start on Friday by Austin Young. How about that? Who, uh, with all due respect to Jason Jarvis and uh, um, Charles Brewer, is the best Chaparral pitcher out there right now, which is, I don't think anybody would have said that. Not even Jerry Dawson at Chaparral High um, down in Arizona. We love our uh, Arizona high school baseball. But uh, they're doing this without Jeremy Blyce, their presumptive ace who is uh, shelved right now with the elbow problem. They're doing with Jeff Emmon really struggling. They're doing it with Sean Ratliff, their top hitter, struggling. Their leading home run guy. His batting average has fallen to 300. He's got 54 strikeouts in 40 games. I mean, it's a whiff a minute. They're doing it with Jake Schlander, playing every game at shortstop and hitting 218, speaking of Arizona high schools. I mean, they're just – they're not a perfect team, and, and but they're doing it by – they do have talent, Aaron, but they're also right. scrapping. They're playing hard. They're making plays. It's, it's impressive to watch from afar. You know, and I, and I really like the middle of their lineup, John. And, and the key, I think, lately has been the emergence of Brett Millville in the middle of the lineup. The, that key right-handed bat uh, that kind of breaks up those lefties that they got in there that, uh, you know, the, the dangerous lefties. But, you know, another coach told me last week, if you've got a lefty who's cruising, you know, before Millville kind of started to emerge, you know, then you could kind of control those guys. And, and now he kind of breaks those guys up a little bit. Um, so much of their offense that was supposed to come from guys like Ratliff, August, uh, Gerhardt. August and Gerhardt have been banged up. Uh, Millville was, wasn't great early. Now he's come on uh, and he's been banged up. He's only got 17 starts. It's just, you know, Castro has been steady all year. Eric Davis has been incredibly consistent. Randy Molina's been outstanding. Absolutely. Senior uh, Eric Davis and Molina. This is how you get to Omaha. Seniors come through for you. And that's why I've got on the bet board Omaha going to – Stanford going to Omaha, Aaron Fit not not as confident, but uh, in the Cardinal. But uh, I think they're I think they're certainly capable. I, I do worry about their pitching when it comes time for. Uh, oh, I think a it's a worry. regional setting. I think it's a worry, but uh, we, we've already skipped over our top two teams there in North Carolina and Miami. We're going to have Miami, Miami again. Uh, a big big loss this week. They lost to Turtle Thomas and in Florida International. Now that had to be good. This apparently is probably the last time ever. Those two schools were playing baseball. I mean, that series is not being renewed thanks to the football stuff and the fact that Turtle Thomas and Jim Morris, uh, I, I don't believe they are on speaking terms. But uh, so, the, but Miami rallies from that with a, a series where they only give up three runs to Virginia. Say what you want about Virginia, and we've said it on this podcast, but three runs in one weekend, Aaron. Are, are you surprised at how well Miami's pitching has ended up being, uh, has, how good their pitching has ended up being this year? Yeah, I am. And, and uh, you know, they haven't had any kind of attrition, really. They've, they've gotten enough from their midweek guys so they can keep their weekend guys fresh. They haven't had to do double duty the way Arizona State has had to do with Leak and Satow at times. And that's a team that has, that's adjusting to the schedule the same way yeah. Arizona State is. a team that, you know, always played three games a week. And, and uh uh, you know, Chris Hernandez has been outstanding as, as, as a freshman to come right in, and Enrique Garcia has uh, come on strong the last month or so after kind of a rough start, and, and, and now they've got Eric Erickson back healthy again. So, uh, and, and the bullpen, you know, as we know, is solid with Bellamy back there and Gutierrez. So I think it's the pitching has been maybe a little better than we expected. I mean, if we had thought they would pitch like this, John, we would have right. had them ranked one in the preseason and not ten right. because we right. all knew that they could hit and they could defend. We knew they had this uh, this kind of a lineup, a number one kind of lineup. Now they have number one kind of pitching. And what can you say about North Carolina, a series we both went to uh, at different times this weekend? Uh, North Carolina plays its first ranked opponent of the year. It just happens to be then number three, Florida State. And let's talk about these two teams a little bit, Aaron. Uh, North Carolina wins the series. Um, they've done a lot of it with offense this year. I guess Matt Harvey and the North Carolina bullpen have to get the credit for this series win. Uh, rubber game of the series 
and a freshman, Matt Harvey, Fitch, Connecticut, representing uh, pitching outstanding on Sunday. He was a little bit erratic with his with his control, and, and uh, that got him in trouble with the walks. I think he had six walks in, in about four and a third or two thirds. But but to hold this lineup down. Yeah, exactly. He did hold that lineup down, and and uh, and the bullpen. I mean, that's I think. The key thing here is, is guys like Brian Moran coming in as a sophomore left-hander, really gotten a lot better. His velocity has increased. He was uh, low 80s last year. He's now up to 87, 88 consistently and, and a lot of deception. Uh, he's been, Mike Fox said yesterday, their best guy out of the bullpen, no question. He's, he's been absolutely huge for them. But, but John, the, the thing I want to talk about here uh, is, is this, this kind of brings us to our first major right. debate in the rankings this week, what to do with Florida State. because. Right. These guys now have lost. Yeah, Arizona State was an easy four. Arizona State was an easy kudos, four. And kudos to the Sun Devils for a huge sweep against Cal. I mean, they just dominated that series from yeah. start to finish. So yeah. let's, let's just mention that in there. And Arizona State looks like they're back, which is, you know, tied with Stanford atop the, the Pac 10. They lost the head to head to Stanford, thus Stanford is three and Arizona State's four. But Florida State's five, and that was a very significant bone of contention here. It was. And uh, I think, you know, there was one half of our. Our meeting, I think, they wanted to have Florida State at five. Another half, they wanted them at ten. And we debated compromising in the middle, and, and they ended up at five. Uh, because, uh, you know, I mean, I look at this and say, you know, here's a team that, that lost its last two weekend series. And, yeah, I understand they were playing number one Miami and then number two North Carolina. Uh, but, you know, if you're, if you're really a top five team, you're going to win one of those series, particularly the home series against Miami. They did not. We left well, them where they were last week at number three. Uh, and then they lose another series in North Carolina. And I know it was a close competitive series that they really could have won. Mm-hmm. They could have swept. You know, I mean, they were leading late in both those games, but they didn't win. And, right. and the reason for that, John, is I think it exposed the, the flaws in this team. Their bullpen is a little shaky. Right. I mean, and, and Mike Martin stuck with the freshman left-hander John Gass in a key spot in the 10th inning on, on Sunday, and, and he couldn't throw strikes. He and walked he really, Mark Flory on four pitches. And he, really didn't have, and he really didn't have another option. That's the, that's the problem. And Mike Martin said afterward, look, John Gast is going to be a part of this bullpen. We're going to work him in. So there's going to be some bumps there because this is a guy who's only a couple of weeks re- removed from re- his return from Tommy John surgery. So and that's a, that, To me, that's actually impressive. The Florida State, it's almost a big league mentality, and it's not a college baseball mentality. To lose a conference game, to risk losing a conference game, to try to win a regional, a super regional win in Omaha. I think Florida State has to do that. They haven't been back to Omaha since 2000. They've got to figure out a way to get back. So, in some ways, I will give Mike Martin kudos for that. On the other hand, you also wonder, well, maybe he should have thought about that when the way he used Ryan Strauss, his money guy in the bullpen, Friday and Saturday. Ryan Strauss, I saw him Saturday. He was pulling the heck out of the ball. He threw outstanding. He was really good. It was a, you know, the game was tight on Saturday when he came in. I think it was 9-5 to five when he came in. And then it got out of hand. But when he you he was blow- knocked around a little bit on Friday in that right. eleven run inning that the, the Tar Heels had. But uh, I'll tell you, John, I think that Florida State. You know, my impressions having seen them this weekend a couple of games, I think that they're. Uh, I do still think they're a very solid offensive club. I don't think they're Miami offensively. Right. Uh, I, I think that uh, there's some speculation. I think too, Aaron, to be made about their defense. How good of a defensive the other team thing, are John? And, and their defense. Uh, it was an error at third base with two outs that opened up that 11-run inning on Friday night. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they would have gotten out of that thing with, with just one run in, and they would have had a 3-1 to one lead heading into the ninth. That's the big question mark, I think, with Florida State. So you really, you had the Aaron's argument, which is really momentum and overall resume, 
Or if you measure Florida State, let's say, against Texas A&M, which goes and sweeps emphatically Missouri this weekend. Uh, very impressive. Big comeback on Friday. Uh, not a domination on Saturday. And a good game on Sunday. A taught game on Sunday. So you have Texas A&M, which has only played four games against top 25 teams. And they're 3-4. I mean, 3-1 and one in those games. They've all been in the last two weekends. So their strength of schedule is kind of weak. They're 18-3 and three in the Big 12. And what they've been able to do, Aaron, unlike some other teams, just keep on sweeping, guys. And, and, and that includes a sweep last week against Baylor, which was a preseason top 15 team. Right. Uh, that, that A&M, they swept Baylor and Missouri back-to-back. Uh, this team, you know, and they swept this Oklahoma, was the part of the... And they swept Kansas State. Right. I mean, they, whoever they're playing, if, they aren't winning the ser- if they're winning the series, they're sweeping it. That's how you win 20 out of 21. It's very impressive. 20 out of 21, and I said it earlier this year against U- about UNCW, if you're doing it in the Big 12, 20 out of 21 is 20 out of 21. So there's that. Their resume and, and, and and you know are pretty it's, identical almost. Exactly. I think both these teams were kind of rolling up wins against the, the weaker part of the conference early, and then, you know, now when they get to the tough part of the, the conference, maybe Baylor isn't as good as we thought they were, John, but right. still a solid team. I mean, this is a part of the schedule. Virginia's right, not where as I thought, we thought they were either, and sure. Florida State swept them. That's the analogy. Right, but 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 Florida State has, has struggled the last two weeks against the really best teams in the league, whereas A&M played Missouri, the team that I think we thought was probably the best team in the league, and swept them. Yeah. So for me... I mean, you know, I thought I thought Florida State should have been behind A and M. I thought they should have been behind USD, which has an eight and two top twenty five record, and has won sixteen straight. And has won sixteen straight. And let's make a little quick note here about the West Coast Conference: six out of eight teams in the West Coast Conference above five hundred. That is really hard to do for a the basically third best West Coast league. They're checking in after the Pac ten and after the Big West, and you know the West Coast Conference teams are playing midweek games against Pac ten teams and Big West teams left and right. There's no way you could have an easy schedule in the West Coast Conference, and for that league to have six teams over uh, six out of eight teams over 500 tells you how strong that league is. And let's hope the NCAA baseball committee realizes that the big the West Coast Conference gets at least two teams, if not three uh, teams in the NCAA tournament. That is I don't a think stout league. The problem is that I don't think there's a clear oh, third team, and That's all those problem. teams are beating each other up after San Diego and Pepperdine. That's why I'm making the. I plea. think it'll. I think it'll only be two. I just can't see it getting more than two. I mean, it's hard to see Santa Clara twenty five and sixteen, twenty five and sixteen, and, and seven and five, as we continue to uh, digress from the Baseball America podcast. Santa Clara sweeps Hilo. That doesn't help them. They've got a. They've got a basically. We've got three series left: Loyola Marymount, St. Mary's, Pepperdine. They got to probably go seven and two. Yeah, they and those league games go fourteen and seven in the league, then maybe you got a shot. But it's it's going to be tough. It's still not a good shot because their RPI is still not going to be great. Right, uh, but my, my point is that I just I, I hope that the league it's a fifty RPI coming into this week. I hope that the committee could pass the RPI yeah. and realizes how strong this league is because I think top to bottom there's not a dog in this league. Even Portland at eighteen to twenty five overall, they have been frisky and they can really pitch. So I, again, my point is. Uh, there's not a dog in this league. But uh, getting back to the rankings, Florida State 5. I guess basically the point is, Aaron, we thought that Florida State, Nebraska, Rice, San Diego, Oklahoma State, A&M, you'd be justified ranking those five teams, those six teams, in any order from 5 to 10. Yeah. I don't think there's a huge dime worth of difference. And the question for us was pole mechanics versus momentum versus overall resume. I think we ended up going a little bit more toward the pole mechanics than anything else, uh, which 
You can argue the merits of that one way or the other. I, I still am not, I mean, you know, again, John, this was kind of a contentious poll meeting today. It I, was. I, I still am not convinced that poll mechanics were done such a great service by leaving a, a team that has lost two straight weekends at, at number five. But uh, that's the way it is, and, and so uh, we move it's, on. It's not the Aaron Fit poll. It's the Baseball America poll. Exactly. And it's the Baseball America podcast with Aaron Fit. I'm John Manuel. One last thing on that. All those teams, Aaron, have lost two series. Um, and I guess the thing for me, when it's all said and done, I guess the other, A&M is the exception. They're 7-1-1 one, and one in weekend series, and they have a conference tur- a tournament thrown in there. Um, if you're going to lose two series, lose them to teams one and two in the country. And that's that's really the only leg that Florida State has to stand on. If Florida State yeah, loses another series this coming weekend at Clemson, Florida State's going to drop like a stone in this poll, they're going to drop from like 5 to like 20. I mean, they're really, they're going to get hammered. The other difference, though, between Florida State and all these other teams that have lost two conference or, or two series is that Florida State's two losses have come in the last two weeks. It's how they're playing now. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Like I said, I think 5 to 10, you could rank those teams anyway. And then 11 to 25, we may as well not even have a ranking. Yeah. I mean, it really... Uh, none of these teams are consistent, Aaron. And then the you had, uh, which, which team do you want to pick out from this eleven to twenty-five? Well, before to, to we get to that, first. the last point I wanted to make in the oh, top please, ten top was, 10. was just Oklahoma State. Who I actually think, oh, absolutely, I think Let's they actually had, a, I think they State. actually had a case, John, to be ranked as high as five. Even I, I did mean, too. Might be a little over aggressive, but really they should. I think they certainly had a case to be ranked as, as the top team in the Big Twelve because let's face it, we don't want to rank A We don't think A is the best team in the Big Twelve. I hope Rob Childress and the A and M players. Listen to the podcast on their iPod every day before a game to get fired up, because we're gonna. Not that we keep doubting them, and it's not. I mean, hey, they're eighteen and three. I think they're a, a very good team. I just think that I, I thought Missouri was better coming into the weekend. I was wrong. Now I think Oklahoma State is the best team in that league. And explain why we think that, Aaron. I, I certainly mean, as far as going forward, whether they're better than A and M, I don't know. But here's what I do know: is that their resume is more impressive because they've won head-to-head series against Nebraska, Texas A and M, Missouri, and Texas. Uh, and you know, and and to me, that that says a lot. I mean, we're t- we've got Nebraska at six, we've got A and M at ten, we've got Missouri at fifteen. Oklahoma State has beaten all three of those teams head to head. It's a very impressive. It's, it's really, really impressive. I think it was not impressive as I had a couple people, a couple of agents, uh, advisors to uh, a couple of agents who are advising Oklahoma State players. Both tell me the wind's blowing in all year at uh, Stillwater, which is the Landon Powell excuse. We heard that uh, when Landon Powell only hit ten home runs. His junior season at uh, South Carolina. Of course, the wind didn't blow in when Kevin Malillo hit 12, but it blew in when Lane Palin hit 10. <laughs> I think that's the lamest excuse I've heard in college sports, bar none, but I hear it all the time in college baseball. Oh, the wind's blowing in. But uh, yeah, that team has twice as many home runs still as their opponents. It's, uh, it's an interesting team, Oklahoma State. I just think the main point that you made is resume. They've beaten all the good teams in the Big 12, they've won those series head to head. and uh, I don't think they're going to catch Texas A&M at the they, top of the standings. They sure could, though, because I could see them sweeping their last two weekends. And, and but they're know, four games back. But they're four uh, games A&M back. have to go two and four, basically, at Nebraska and at home against Texas. That, that was a t- that's a lot, though. That's a lot. We'll see Texas A&M also. Uh, it's a tough finishing kick for A&M. They also play Dallas Baptist, a personal cheese ball of mine all of a sudden. Uh, I'm a mater of uh, such teams. Actually, uh, such big league players played there but did not graduate there, such as uh, Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist. I'm pretty sure that Freddie Sanchez went there for a year. Yes. I think he went two years junior college at Dallas Baptist and Oklahoma City University. Um, uh, Jason LaRue, catcher, went to Dallas Baptist as well. So uh, Dallas Baptist still trying to be 
uh, independent team, first independent team not named Miami to get an at-large bid since 1992. So uh, you know, good luck to them. That's, that's an uphill climb. But uh, 11-25, Aaron, uh, we dropped Missouri to 15, Cal to 16. Pretty disappointing series uh, weekends for both those teams. And South Carolina also, all top 25, top 15 teams, top 12 teams, all got swept. You just don't like to see that happen. Uh, from 11 to 25, who uh, who made the, had the best weekend in your mind? What was the most impressive thing you saw out of those uh, next 15 teams? Well, certainly I think it was Kentucky, John, and, and uh, give those guys credit. We were kind of bagging on them uh, two weeks ago for yeah. their inability to win on the road. They had lost three conference series on the road um, and, and hadn't won, they hadn't won a, comp- a, a series on the road anywhere all year. And Until then this, now. And then this weekend they go to Vanderbilt, uh, a team that we, we like. Yeah, absolutely. And and, uh, and they win two out of three, and and you know, and they and they didn't do it by out slugging them, which I think is kind of their reputation. Uh, they 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 won a um, they won a three to two game, and they won a, a three to or a six to two game and a three to one game. I mean, right. And and the, and the other game that they lost on Friday was three to two. These are all tight competitive games that they're winning. Uh, I think it shows a little bit about the character of this team uh, that they're that they can win these kind of games. Absolutely. I, I, well said. Uh, to me, the. Uh the story of that weekend for me, uh, again, is I'll go back to Cal. Uh, Cal has to decide if they want to be a real team. They want to be a real national uh, a, a team that uh, you have to really consider nationally, or they just want to be a spunky little program. Uh, and right now, they're falling back into spunky program mode. Um, and they've lost consecutive games to a lot of teams here. And then the last three weekends, uh, they've lost two out of three. Uh, they, they haven't won on the road. They haven't won away from home. And guess what? Now that they keep losing these games, they're going to have to go away from home, whether they bring in rented lights or not. We already thought, Aaron, they were going to have to go on the road to win a regional because they can't host at home. Now there's talk they might rent some lights, yada, yada. Don't even, don't even look into it anymore, Cal. you got two series at home, Arizona and UCLA, preseason one and two, and you're at Stanford, you're at UC Davis for a couple of other uh, uh, midweek games, and you're at Cal Poly. You better go better than 500 down the stretch here, Cal. You're going to go on the road as a three seed. You're not going to get out of a regional. They've got to prove they can win on the road, number one. Uh, they haven't proved that. They only have one more chance to do that. They're at Stanford. Uh, if you, uh, no, they, they typically play fairly well at Stanford. I mean, that should be a competitive series. I mean, I think it's. Uh, uh, I mean, if, if different if, Stanford if, club though. It is a different Stanford club. I mean, at the bottom line is this Stanford team is uh, you know Stanford's never pl- never plucky. It's Stanford. They're the college baseball elite, so they're not plucky. They're actually elite, as opposed to say. The guy who was uh, – anyway, I won't even go into the politics of the elite uh, discussion. I think Stanford is plucky this year, John, but I guess that's a, it's a matter They can't semantics. be plucky. That's what I'm saying. You can't be plucky when you're uh, when you're Stanford. But to me, Cal better pitch. That's my main thing. They better pitch. They got destroyed by Arizona State this weekend. They better pitch. And then, by you know, the way – the thing that was – no, 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 go, go ahead. The thing that struck me – was doing weekend preview last week, talking to Coach Esker yeah. over at Cal, and, and the first thing I asked him was, "So, how do you do? You feel pretty good about your club right now?" And he, he said, "No." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. it, it, he he didn't feel good about his pitching, and and uh, and we saw why. I mean, he the, him talking both him and, and their pitching coach Dan Hubbs, they both seem to think this is going to be a high scoring series. Um, they played a lot of really high scoring games lately, and in the Pac-10, uh, their last three series. Right. They didn't give up a ton of runs to Washington, but they gave up double figures every night to Southern Cal and every night to Arizona State. So away from home, they have not pitched. That's brutal. Speaking Pac-10, welcome back to the Beavers. 
Uh, Oregon State back in the rankings, only 20 and 14 overall, but eight and seven in the Pac-10. Aaron, the Pac-10 is the best league in the country. So if you're over 500 in the best league in the country, you are ranked, correct? And, and, and you know what? They've they've got a really solid resume in general. They haven't been swept this year. They haven't swept anyone, which kind of explains why they're 20 and 14. But uh, but they you know they had an early season series win against Georgia, two out of three, which looks a lot better now than it did then. Absolutely. Uh, you know they, they they won a series against Pepperdine, which I think is a solid club. Uh, you know, and then yeah, they had a little bit of a hiccup there, losing back-to-back series against Cal and Stanford, both you know top ten-ish clubs. Yeah. Cal not at the moment, but but then they rebounded from that by, by winning at Arizona State for the first time ever, mm-hmm. and then and then winning at home against preseason number two Arizona, uh, two teams that are very talented. Uh, give the Beavers a lot of credit. I think they're they're right back in this thing. And then the, you know they've got Washington State, UCLA, Southern Cal, two of those three on the road. In my mind, those are all winnable series for Oregon yeah, State. Are. So now, not only are we talking about Oregon State as a top twenty-five team, Aaron, if they win, those, let's say they go six and three in the league the rest of the way, they're fourteen and ten. They're hosting a regional, and then frankly, that last series of the year against Pacific is they Sweet need to city. pad that overall record a little bit right yeah. now because that's the thing, the one thing about them that doesn't look great, uh, you know, and that'll help. But they're sixteen in the RPI last week. You know, they're going to move up this week after beating Arizona. I think Oregon State, they're not just looking at the top 25. I really do think they're looking at being a regional host because Cal can't. And you're going to try to spread things out geographically. You know that the fans right now, are going to come I think Oregon it, State. Right now I think it, comes, it probably comes down to Oregon State or Arizona as, as a third host in the Pac-10. Mm-hmm. Right now Oregon State's got the inside track. I'm about to say because Arizona State will host. Yep. I know that. Mm-hmm. And Oregon State just beat Arizona head-to-head. Right. So you got to look ahead of these kind of things, and that's uh, that's what we're doing here on the Baseball America podcast. And you and pay us to do that. Well, not really. It's a free podcast. And, and John, the last team that we brought in, in addition to the Beavers, was St. John's. We had a little bit of a debate on whether to leave Arizona in uh, because they they had been playing better until this weekend. Uh, but St. John's, I think, give these guys credit. Their first uh, appearance in the top twenty-five this year. They go on the road. Uh, they win at Notre Dame, which had been playing very well, and that was kind of a battle for, for Big East supremacy. It's always hard to win at Notre Dame. I, I don't think the Big East is – thank you, Bino. I don't think the Big East is is, uh, is quite as strong this year as it was last year. But, you know, St. John's is right there now tied with Notre Dame at top of the league. And, and um, you know, they've, they've already won series against Louisville, which was supposed to be kind of the, the team in the beginning of the year that was supposed to challenge them, I think, for the Big East uh, right. title. Uh, Notre Dame was, I think, the other one. And uh, St. John's hasn't lost the series yet this year. They're 31 and, and 10 overall. Um, you know, I think they're a dark horse regional host. Not losing a series all year sounds like our top three team. Well, they did lose three games in a row. They did lose uh, early in the year, right, right at the, in March. And the Coca-Cola they Classic against all, yeah. North Carolina. And they, they lost two at North Carolina. Really, uh, all of a sudden, North Carolina's top 25 record looks better because St. John's is ranked. Sure. So, uh, but uh, they, they finish up with West Virginia, South Florida, and Villanova. Certainly all winnable series. In other words... And they've, and, you, and they've got two of those three at home. And you might see St. John's uh, not leaving the uh, top 25 this year. And, you know, last time St. John's... Uh, uh, well, not last time, but one time St. John's was in the regionals. They had to go to uh, Oregon, Oregon State. State yeah. So we were talking about a little linkage there uh, between those two clubs. In other words, Aaron, there's, there's still a whole lot to be decided in the last three regular season weeks. Four if you're on the West Coast and you don't play in a conference tournament. But... Uh, it's all good. It's all fun, and it's not all your poll or all my poll. It's the Baseball America poll. Um, it is our podcast, though, so uh, we enjoy that part of it. You can send your questions to podcast at baseballamerica.com. We didn't get any college ones this week, but if you send them in, we'll read them, Jerome, uh, and we'll be back with you next Monday for another edition of the College Podcast. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Until then, so long, everybody. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.